Okay, we're in uh, Revelation chapter 14. Now, very controversial and hard to understand. If you don't remember, it comes on the heels of Revelation 13. Revelation 13 gives rise to a couple very, very important questions in my thinking. We'll read this, okay? We'll read chapter 14, but before I read it, I want to kind of give you the questions so you can look at the answers as we read it. In chapter 7 of 13, it was given unto him, him who? Beast number one, we call him the Antichrist. It was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given over him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. Well, that's a problem. Everybody? Aha, are there exceptions? Well, that's what we're going to look about in chapter 14. Now, when chapter 13 ends, uh, verse 16, he causes, all small, uh, he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in the right hand or in the foreheads, that no man might buy or sell, save that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of man. His number is six hundred, three score and six. There will be people. Hope nobody here. There will be people who are alive at that time, many whom we know. What happens when you get the mark? What happens when you don't get the mark? Now let's look at chapter 14. Because... Chapter 14 isn't in a vacuum. It's, in, in, it's kind of like an addendum to chapter 13. It's going to tell the end result of chapter 13. Choose a side, okay? Choose wisely. And that's what chapter 14 is all about. Now let's read it. Let's get the reading, hearing blessing right away, okay? Then we'll pray and we'll, we'll get about half of it in my thinking, but I got a lot. So I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll get what we get next week. Hopefully we'll, we'll finish it up. Chapter 14, I looked and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion with him, and 144,000 having their father's name written in their foreheads. I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the 144 and 4,000 which were redeemed from the earth. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the firstfruits unto God and to the Lamb. In their mouth was found no guile. For they are without fault before the throne of God. And I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel of preaching unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of water. And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon has fallen, has fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. 
and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of his holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascended up, ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest, day nor night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. I looked and beheld a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time has come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire, and cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth, and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horse bridles, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. Father, as we read this, we pray guidance and comfort and supernatural illumination and wisdom. And we would know this, and we love your word. And these are some hard verses, Lord, as we look at... Um, your wrath being poured out. So, Father, we pray a special blessing on our time this morning and a special blessing on, on fathers here and everywhere. In Jesus' name, amen. I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's names written in their foreheads. Well, who are these? Well, we we introduced them in chapter 7. Let's go back and look at them. Chapter 7. After these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that their wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, this seal is important. He cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. That seal is very important. You're sealed with a seal. Um, Satan is bound for a thousand years, and he has a seal placed over him. It's the same word, seal. Seals are important in Scripture. Don't think of them little... You know, aquatic mammals that balance a ball on the, a seal, something that's sealed, that's, that's like the tomb of Jesus Christ was sealed with, with Pilate's signet ring. Basically, the authority, a, a designee of the authority of the whole earth saying, you break this seal and bad, bad things are going to happen. What bad things? 
what bad, well, we're going to re-crucify you. <laughs> What's going to happen to Jesus? Well, nobody would break that seal, you know, if they, but of course Jesus did, because he doesn't, Pilate doesn't rule over him, you know, but anyway, that's a story for another time. But, um, and I heard the number of them which were sealed, and they were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. And it goes into, of the tribe of Judah was sealed, of the tribe of Reuben was sealed, of the tribe of Gad, and 12,000 each, the 12 tribes equaling 144,000. Now these Jehovah's Witnesses saying, Adam, please, I have to say it. I have to say it. I mean, I want you to understand. Someone's going to come to your door and ring your doorbell. Chase them off. Yell at them. Just drive them away. I want to, I want to reach out and love. Okay, that's fine. Don't let them in your door. That's, I think that's way against Christ, what, what the Bible says. But you want to sit there and try to be gracious and give them good luck. They're specially trained to make mincemeat of all your arguments. They don't have to be right. They just have to be clever. And But th- these are Jewish, and they're from 12,000 different tribes. And these are the same 144,000, and now they're on Mount Zion. You're saying, well, wait, what, what? Yeah, yeah. I think it fast forward. Now this this is debatable. Some people think Mount Zion is in heaven. 172 times in Scripture says Mount Zion. And I think it's always talking about the kingdom. Some people say, and I think it's talking about Mount Zion, that hill in Jerusalem where Jesus will set up his kingdom for a thousand years. That's what I think. I'm sure it, maybe this one is talking about something else. Maybe it's talking about a heavenly Mount Zion. And there's one other place that's a little bit debatable. Let's look at it, Hebrews chapter 12. And I want to go there because some people say, oh, see, they're all dead and they're in heaven. And God is saying, witnessing is over. Okay? It's all done. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, in verse 21, it's talking about Mount... It's, it's comparing uh, the Mount that we're... You know, uh, Moses got the Ten Commandments. It's comparing that with Mount Zion. Okay? And in verse 21... Um, so... It's so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But as opposed to that, okay, but ye are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly, and to the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all saints, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, and speaketh better things than that of Abel. Now, have you come to this place? I have. Okay, have you? Okay, we're not a hand-raising church. <laughs> I get it. I, I, I can't, does that mean you died? No. No, I'm still here. I'm still breathing. So I think it's talking about, it's just making comparison. You've come to heaven, to, to angels, to God, to salvation. to the, you know, And it talks about the General Assembly, Church of the Firstborn. Uh, to God, the judge of all. That doesn't mean you died. So that Mount Zion, I think, is it's it's with the 172 other to, 171 other times when it's talking about the kingdom. And it's just comparing them to that again. Uh, you know, there's several comparisons uh, made uh, scripturally, you know, about between the law and grace, between Moses and Jesus Christ. 
you know, uh, so that's a continuing theme right throughout Scripture. I think this is a fast forward in time. You're going through the tribulation. You're up against it. You've got to have the mark of the beast or you're, you're done. You're toast. And I can, I can almost see people at that time saying, listen, I've got to live, don't I? I, I got, uh, I'm going to have to make some purchases here. I'm going to have to buy some gasoline so I can get to work, so I can make money. I'm going to, I'm going to have to buy toilet paper. I'm going to have to buy groceries. I'm going to, I got to, I got to live, don't I? Do you? Because it's not much of a life. There's 144,000 who have been sealed, and I think the sealing means no harm will befall them. And here they are with the Lamb in Mount Zion. That was a good place to name it. How many has Jesus lost? He's only got 143-ish. He lost about 1,000. Pretty good, right? No. Not 143,999. All of them he skillfully got through to the end. Now what does that tell you about his ability to lead and guide you and not let you fall by the wayside. Okay, just, but that's not what this is about, so I'm going to keep going. They have their father's name written in their foreheads as opposed to the mark of the beast in their foreheads. You can't worship two gods. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters. Uh-oh, that sounds very Christ-like. And as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harp. What does this voice say? It doesn't say. It doesn't tell us. These are my beloved sons in whom I am well pleased. I, I don't know. Obviously, a voice of, well done, thou good and faithful servants, enter into the joy of the Lord. I, I don't know, okay? But you, un, you gotta understand, it's, it, it's talk, talked about what's, what is being, it's not talking about what's being said, but that something was being said. And it's obviously a word of, an attaboy, a word of congratulations. I don't know. And they sung, as it were, a new song from the throne. What new song? I don't know. How about that psalm we just read? If you were reading it, if you knew what we were going to talk about, you would have been thinking, my goodness, that's very right on. You go home and you look at it later on, okay? It was uh, Psalm 94. But let's go to Psalm 20. Is that the psalm they're going to sing, Adam? Psalm 20? Well, we can learn any psalm. How do you? How does it? How can you not learn a psalm? How can you not learn a song? Well, I'm just not very musical. <laughs> They're words that have never been said before. No, I think it's like you can't sing it in the sense that you haven't gone through what they've gone through. You haven't walked a mile in the shoes. You don't understand what it is to be them. I think that's how there's songs that we can't. Because I mean, can't you listen, Mister Maestro? There, can't you learn any song that you hear? I mean, is it made up of melody and chords and stuff like this? Is there any song that's unsingable? Well, maybe in the sense that we haven't, we can't sing that with having not understood what. Look, look um, women can't be fathers. Oh, I understand. They take the place of dads and they and they do what they can, but they can't sing our song. They can't carry. They don't know what it is to be a dad. And again, for the women who are trying to do both, God bless them. It's a special place in my heart for a woman like that. Seriously. But they can't, they don't know what it is to be a, to be a dad, to be a, you know what I'm saying. 
Psalm 20, to the chief musician, a psalm of David. Now, think about what they've been through, what they're going through. We, we know about the seals and the trumpets and the you know their leader, <laughs> the, uh, the, the two uh, prophets dying and resurrecting, going to heaven. Just think of all the things they've been through, the, the darkness, the, the sun going away, the, the, the terrible earthquakes, their, the um, waters being made bitter, contaminated to the point where people are dying. There's a lot of things that have been happening. And they're going through the whole thing. God leading them. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. Remember all thy sacrifices, all thy offerings, and accept thy burnt sacrifice, Selah. Grant thee according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. We will rejoice in thy salvation and the name of our God. We will set up our banners, the Lord, fulfill all thy petitions. Now know I that the Lord saved his anointed. He will hear, uh, he will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen. But we are risen and stand upright. Save, Lord, let the king hear us when we call. Someone said, well, that's the song they're going to sing. I don't know that. Could be. Sounds very credible. And if you go through like some of the Psalms, some of them will kind of like fit, like almost to, like I say, the Psalm that we just read. And by the way, I didn't plan that. It just works out that way because that's how God works. and That's how it is. Uh, I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters, a voice of great trumpet. I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. They sung, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the four beasts. And by the way, that's where we get harps in heaven, that verse there. Is the guitars as actual harps? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I like harp music. I like harp or Marx in the Marx Brothers movies. I, I mean, no, I really do, okay? I think it's that's nice. Uh, that's a big old harp, though. You'd be hard carrying that around. I don't know. They sang, as it were, a new song before the throne, before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn the song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. They're redeemed from the earth. Well, one, nobody could learn the song. Nobody knows what it is to be them. I don't think it's got to do with chords and music. And it's so complicated that only these Incredible musicians, because they're not incredible musicians, they're incredible evangelists. That's why they were left here on earth. That's why they were, were redeemed. But they weren't redeemed from the church, they were redeemed from the earth. In a sense, all of us are. But I think it's important to, after the rapture, these God scooped out 12,000, these 12 different tribes, to, to win converts, to share the gospel. Let's learn some more about these... They, these are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb with so that he, where he goeth. Now, some of our lady friends are all upset here. What do you mean, defiled by women? Are women defiling? It depends if you're married or not. If you're married, women aren't defiling. As a matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians, we're told, and I think we should go there. We don't go here very often, but here's the time to. Uh, now concerning the things where you wrote unto me, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, it's good for a man not to touch a woman. By the way, that is a good thing. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. All the married people go, whew, whew. 
Let the husband render unto his wife due benevolence. Husband, got to take care of business. That's what that's saying. You're saying, are you talking about, yes, I am. Yes, that's exactly what Paul is saying. Yes, you gotta, you got to take care of stuff. Uh, and likewise, also the wife under the husband. Guy saying, oh, happy Father's Day to me. My new favorite verse. Yes. Uh, the wife hath not power of her own body. And the guy's saying, it's only getting better. Oh, my goodness. But the husband, and likewise, also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time. Like, for instance, if you're giving yourself over to fasting and prayer. But come together again. That Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. Incontinence, it's, again, it sounds like adult diapers. No, your inability to control yourself, that's what it's saying when it's talking about incontinency in the Bible. You can't, it, it's kind of the same idea, loss of self-control. Because we understand uh, the physical. We understand how that works. And God said, no, in marriage, that's what marriage is for. Outside of marriage, it's defiling. And these guys... A virgins. What is that all about? Is it physical virgin or is it spiritual virgin? Say, what's the difference? Listen. Uh, in the same gospel, Paul, in that same uh, epistle, Paul says, I want to present you, Corinthians, to Christ as a virgin bride. Um, Adam, Father's Day, uh, we know how fatherhood happens. That ship has sailed. Uh, uh, you can't unring a bell. That's the old uh, trope, right? Uh, no, 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 no. We're virgin bride of Christ. We're not, we're not fornicating. We're not stepping out on Him. We're, we're spiritually faithful. You think God cares about the physical? Well, He does. He does care about the physical, but not, He's not like jealous that we're intimate with our spouse. He, He's the one who invented all that. He's in, he invented it to be pleasurable, to create intimacy. He's not against that. He's against it outside of marriage. And by the way, there's nothing I know that will ruin your life more than sex sin. I don't know how else to say it. That'll destroy a person's life. I mean, it'll really mess you, mess you up. Can God forgive you? Oh, yeah. And you get a little boy, a little girl who lives in somebody else's house that you never see, that you're paying for, but you don't, they don't call you daddy. They call some stranger daddy, and he tucks them in every night. And that girl you were intimate, now somebody else is intimate with her. God's, follow God's plan, okay? Just follow God's plan. They're, these are virgins. Why? Because the same reason when God called Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, I want you to stay single. You've got a, you got a ministry. Bad things are going to happen. When Jerusalem falls, women are going to be ravished. Kids are going to be killed. It's going to be very, very ugly. I don't want you to be part of that, Jeremiah. And so for a season, these, these, are, these are virgins. And they're not defiled by women, they're not defiled by drugs, they're not defiled by sin, they're not defiled by anything. They follow the Lamb whithersoever He goeth. Are they virgins physically or spiritually? I think both. They, got, they have the God of heaven that they worship exclusively. Getting the mark. Are you kidding me? The mark? Swearing allegiance? To that Babylonian cult? No way! No how! I am exclusively for God. And by the way, that we can all have, and we're all supposed to have, in that sense, virginity. Uh, physically, yeah, it's a, it, listen, it's a really bad time. Remember when Jesus said, 
When you see the abomination, it causes desolation. Flee to Judea. And he says, woe to those with child and those that get suck in those days. If you're nursing, if you got, you, you can't run to Petra with the pack and play and the extra bottles and the, you know, the five bags over your shoulders and the, and the huggies and the, it's going to be nightmarish. For, for somebody who's very mobile, it's going to be very difficult. And for those who are burdened with children at that time, that's going to be very difficult, is it not? You're saying, well, boy, you scared me. No. Us and our children, we're going to rapturitis. Don't worry about it. This is a time when, after the rapture, when you've run through a lot of stop signs, and now it's like life or death, that's what's, what this is all about. You guys here, you, you, no, it's not about women right now. It's not about pleasure. It's about you advancing the cause of Jesus Christ. It's about sharing the gospel. It's about advancing the kingdom. You mean I've got to stay single forever? Well, I think it's for seven years. Because I think they enter into the kingdom as human beings. Will they get married in the kingdom? I, I, I think so. Why, why wouldn't they? Again, that's not a bad thing or anything like that. These are they which were not defiled with women. They are virgins. They follow the Lamb with the sword that he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. First fruits, the best and the first of the harvest is the idea of first fruits. Remember, um, Jesus... The first fruits of them that slept, what Scripture says, he resurrected on the feast of first fruits. Wow, what a coincidence. <laughs> There's no coincidence in Scripture. I, I told you before, our Passover lamb died on Passover. The bread of life was buried on the feast of unleavened bread. He rose from the dead. The first fruits of them, them that slept rose on the feast of first fruits. Yeah, what if the fall feasts have anything to do with the second coming for another time? But yes, yes, study them out. Don't wait for me, okay? Uh, Leviticus 23, very illuminating. Anyway, in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. They're the real deal, authentic. I love this. I love everything about them. I wanted to be one of them when I was back in the day, but when I first came to understand all this, they're Jewish, they're not, I, nope. God's got a different plan for me anyway, a different plan for you. But you can do, you could be without guile. You can follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth right now. You have to wait to be, you know, part of this group anyway. I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel of preaching to them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. I want us to go to Matthew chapter 24. I think a lot of people get this wrong. God bless them. It's one of the few times I think when you're wrong, it's okay. You <laughs> say, really? Matthew chapter 24 and verse 14. By the way, verse 13, He that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. I think you, I got 144 um, object lessons from chapter 14 of Revelation. He that, that shall endure to the end shall be saved. Not saved in the sense of Saved or lost, but saved, rescued, delivered. It, they got there. But anyway, verse 14. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached unto all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. People say at the present rate, it's going to take about 300 years for the gospel to get to all the nations of all the earth. For us to uh, find all the people groups, uh, send people, learn their language, 
give them a written language. Some of them don't even have a written language. Teach them their language, the, their phonetic language. You know, teach them how to read and write it, and then give them a Bible in their language. We're about 300 years away. You think, oh, I'm really depressed now. Jesus ain't going to come back in 300 years. No, 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 no. What, what does it say? Look, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the world for a witness unto all nations. Let's go to Revelation chapter 14. I heard another angel flying in the midst of heaven having the everlasting gospel. Preach them that dwell on the earth. Any problems? Any questions? That box is checked. Is this important? It's very, very important. I talk to people, and you know what they say to me? Well, what about the guy on the island? Have you heard this? Of course you've heard this. Well, I'm the only one who has that, that, the, that theological discussion with this supposed guy on some supposed island somewhere who's never heard, and so therefore God can't judge me because he can't judge him because he doesn't know any better. How cute are you? Listen, there's no guy on any island. Okay? One, in the gospel, of the, gospel the book of Acts, Paul washes up on the island of Malta and converts everybody, okay? God knows how to get his people to the island where people will hear the gospel. Don't you worry about it. You know what you're saying? And by the way, it's so lame. I care about him more than God cares about him. Are you serious? Are you serious right now? You're, you're making me laugh. No, for serious. Look, God so loved the world, including the guy on the island, that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him might not perish but have everlasting life. Is there a problem with people who haven't heard? Yeah, but don't let... Don't, if you really, 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 really concerned yourself with that, you would go to the island, or you would pray continuously, or you would donate money so that the gospel would get to that island. But here it is. This box is checked. God's saying, listen, I'm not going to judge everybody. I'm going to give everybody a chance. And so here it is, another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel, to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation, kindred, and tongue, and people. This is the gospel. You say, this doesn't sound like our gospel. It's the gospel for that time. Remember, gospel means good news. It's a little bit different, but it's not really. This is what he's saying with a loud voice. Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of water. Say, Worship God as creator. By the way, all our problems devolve from our inability to worship God as creator. Once we understand that he's created us and he has a plan for our lives and that he gets to say, not we get to say, everything else kind of falls into place. The problem is, oh, you know, I don't really believe God created anything. You know, I, I know like, I think it's 13.8 now or 14.8 billion, I don't know. What's a, what's a couple billion among friends, right? Whatever. Uh, there was uh, nothing, and then it exploded, and now here we are. And uh, God had nothing to do with it, really. Go tell him. Try to convince him when you're standing before him. I, I, don't, have, I don't have anything to say. I'm kind of wordless about all that. It's kind of like, it's really the most ridiculous thing uttered by humans ever. Why do they stick with it, Adam? That's all they got. It's all they got. And basically, it's always this. I don't want you telling me what to do. I ate the apple. I know good for me, but I don't know who you are thinking you can tell me. That's all it always comes down to. In uh, John chapter 3, verse 16, we all know the verse, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Do you know the verses after that? You should know them. We kind of visit them here. 
more than a lot of churches visit them. Uh, John chapter 3. And this is always the problem, by the way. God loved the world. He gave His only begotten Son. Whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. But God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Ah, you're an awesome God. He that believeth in Him is not condemned. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Like me, like you. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Why? Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the condemnation. This is the basis, basis for the judgment. Says God, Light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Big bang! Because I don't want there to be a God. I don't want to live in a universe like that. And I don't want anyone telling me what to do. My deeds are evil, and I like it that way. Thank you very much. Now that's always, always, always in every situation the way it is. Please don't try to tell me any different. I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. Uh, fear God, give him glory, for the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him made the heaven and the earth and the sea and the fountains of water. And there followed another angel saying, Babylon has fallen, has fallen, the great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. I'm saying, Babylon? What? Ba what? Babylon? Introduction. This is the kind of thing that happens in Scripture very often. We, we see something, and then it goes back later on and gives us a lot more information about that. There's two chapters in this book. But it's talking about, okay, Babylon, that's the, the Antichrist, the seat of his government, of his philosophy, of his theology. It's anti-God. We're introduced to it way back in Genesis. And if I had time, we'd go back and look at that. But again, introduction, we're going to see it later. And at that time, We'll have like several Wednesday nights devoted to it. The destruction of Babylon is a big topic in Scripture. There's a lot of verses and a lot of material devoted to that, and we'll take it up. We're going to table it for now. But it's where Satan's throne is. Uh, and the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, now you're at that place. Not you aren't, but I mean a person is in that place. And they're contemplating, I, I got to eat, don't I? I got I to gotta live, don't I? Do you? That's a, that's a really, really bad choice. If any man worship the beast in his image, receive his mark in his forehead in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, I don't, I don't have joy reading these verses. You understand that, right? And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast in his image and, whoever, and whosoever receiveth the, the mark of, of his name. Pretty stark. I didn't write it. Adam, you really believe in eternal punishment? Let's see, up forever, no rest. Yep. Yeah, I think it clearly says that. Well, why doesn't the crime fit the punishment? Oh, it does. It really does. You're an eternal being, you're an everlasting being, and you sinned against an eternal God. And by the way, how would you, what would you say that the, the, what crime would you say? What, what punishment would you give? 
Here's something that I want to I want to shake you up with. If I had, remember the old type, everyone's seen them, little plastic, we call them a floppy disk back in the day, how cute computers used to have those, remember that? Now, before they were replaced with like um, zip drive or a thumb drive, you know, they had some little plastic. You put it on a postal scale, it weighs about seven-tenths of an ounce, right? No one's arguing, good. So now you fill it up with all kinds of things, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of you program, you put all this onto it. Now you put it on a postal scale, how much does it weigh? Seven-tenths of an ounce. Why? Because software doesn't weigh anything. I just sent it by satellite to my son. I, I had a video I sent him this morning. He got it. By the way, software is eternal. The state... By the way, when he, when he got on his phone, his pocket just sagged down to about here. It was a big, long file, right? <laughs> Didn't weigh anything at all. You, I've never seen you. I mean, I see the receptacle that your spirit, that your soul resides in right now. Are you a body that has a soul? No. You're a soul that resides in a body. And that soul is like that. that this, this right here, that's the hardware. You've never seen the software. But the software is timeless. It doesn't weigh anything. Like when somebody dies and you, you measure them before they die and after, you don't think you're going to find any, any difference in their weight. So you go into this place of eternity, outside of time, and how long are you going to be there? Well, they don't have long. They don't have... We have, like, you're going to be there 20 years, so you burn off all your sins, right? But they aren't, don't have years. We have years because the sun goes, the earth goes around the sun, it takes about a year back to where it started. You know that. He said, no, it's no surprise there, Copernicus. We all got the, we all got the memo in third grade. How do you have years when you're in a different dimension outside of time? How do you, how do you, how do you mark on the wall, I've been here for, 18 years. There's no years. There's no time. It's always just you're in the moment, but they don't have moments. How does it, how does it work? How do you, how do you, how does it, at what time, how do you talk about time in a place outside of time? But you, your soul is a, it, it's that immaterial. It's that, it's the software, if I can use the analogy, that doesn't take up space. It doesn't use matter. It doesn't take up time. Say, well, I have a body. Yeah, you will, a resurrected body. Uh, that will, will that be in time? And you're still outside of time. I don't see how, and, and by the way, you've sinned against an eternal God. I don't see how, you know, there's a, like, there's a place where, well, I, well, you'll burn, but you'll burn up, and then you won't exist anymore. Whew. Yeah, that's it. What verse are you looking at? The Bible knows nothing of that. The words for eternal death and eternal life are the same, is the same adjective for eternal. And here, the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. Adam, you don't believe in hellfire and brimstone, do you? Let's see, the cup of his indignation, he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone. Yeah, I guess I do. I just read the Bible, I just believe what it says. I don't know why we always have to make things so hard. So people will think like, well, I'm not going to accept Jesus Christ, I'm going to go to hell, I'm going to burn up and be done and be gone. I don't know what you're talking about. 
They have no rest day nor night who worship the beast in his image and whoso receiveth the mark of his name. Well, I'll repent. I'll repent. I'll be there, but I'll repent. And there's no repentance. It's, that ship has sailed. It's too late. You had your choice up until the point of the mark. And after that, you can say, uh-uh, ain't happening, and try to hide out and try to make it till when Jesus comes back. you got about three and a half years, so I'm well. Some will, and I hope you're one of them, or you can just receive Jesus Christ, be his bride, and go to heaven and miss all this stuff. And again, eternal life or eternal damnation, it's either one's eternal. I didn't make the rules. I'm telling you what the Bible says. Is this kind of a little bit sobering? Happy Father's Day. But this is what it says, and I don't want to play games with this. I don't want to uh, soft, uh, I don't want to pedal or, or, or water it down. I think God wants us to be a warning at that time of people about to accept the mark. Don't you do it. There's no redemption. Now, we have a hard time with that. We in the church, we have a real hard time. God is gracious. I mess up so much. And every time I've gone to him and said, Lord, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Every time, Adam, he forgives me. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't he wonderful? I mean, isn't he awesome? I mean, is, doesn't he just take your breath away with how good he is? There's a time we said, too far. That's a, that's a bridge too far. I'm not willing to forgive that. Or, maybe you, after you receive the mark, you're not quite human. Maybe it changes your DNA. He died for mankind, and maybe you're not quite mankind anymore. I don't know that. I've heard that. It's interesting enough just to... But whether that be the truth, or whether it not be the truth, the mark means damnation, and there's no recovery from that whatsoever. I'm going to... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Pretend to worship. I'm going to receive the mark. Oh, Satan, thou art great, and thou art wonderful, and now give me my food. And, and But I, I'm really on board with Jesus. No, no, it won't work. It just won't. You receive the mark, it's all over. And this verse tells us that. You just don't come back from this. Here's the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. So what's going to happen? I'm going to not receive the mark. I'm going to need some patience. Endurance is the idea. It's not going to go real well. But remember Mount Zion and 144,000. God knows how to deliver. But I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Not taking the mark means death. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I'm not trying to water it down. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. What's this problem with death anyway? Haven't we figured this out? Closing our eyes in this life and opening them in the glory land, it's, that's going to be a good day. We've known ones who have gone on. I'm not... Yes, we're upset that they're not with us anymore. I so get that. I, I mean, I totally get that. And Aren't we a little bit jealous? They're having a really good day in a place that doesn't have days. They have been there for, like, how long? Now way you're looking at it. Years, months, weeks, maybe. They're still there. They're still in the moment. They're not, they're not getting older. They're not getting worse. They're not running down. They're not wearing out. They're just enjoying Jesus all the time, forever. They rest from their labors. Was it hard being here when there was no sun, when there was no rain, when there was drought? when there was famine, when there was pestilence, when there was people killing and and when that 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 remember that 
the demonic, when the, the, the locust demons were stinging people and they wanted to die and they couldn't, they're resting from all that. That that's all behind them now. All that stuff's in the rearview mirror, getting smaller. I don't want to have any recollection of that. And their works do follow them. Adam, I thought you couldn't get saved by works. Oh, you can't. Let me put it another way: their works, which result in their rewards, that follows them. Jesus is giving, keeping track of water that you've given in His name. When I say, like, I ain't receiving the mark because I was so silly I didn't get saved now and, and I'm there at that time. When I'm saying, I ain't receiving the mark. You could take my head off right now. As a matter of fact, we're going to. Well, let it come then. You think God doesn't notice that or that's not precious in His sight or that you can get away without being rewarded for that? Because no, 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 no. Look at, look at it. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Happy, blessed. They're in a place of blessing. You take my life. I, I'm out. I'm out. I'm not, I'm not playing. I'm not worshiping. I'm not bowing down. I'm not backing up. I'm not shutting up. You better cut my head off right now because I'm telling everyone about Jesus. Well, they, they cut your head off. And that's a blessed place. Yea, say the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. It ain't going to be 175 degrees in heaven. And you're just like, oh, I can't believe it. i got to drink some water. I can't. It's poison. All that stuff is behind you. And their works, their reward is awaiting them. Jesus says, I'm coming back. I'm, I'm bringing my reward with me. I just want to show you chapter 14. We're only halfway through. We'll finish it next week. I know I've already gone over. Look, why don't we follow God's ways? God's ways are better. No, let's stand against them. That's never coming. It never works in our life. It doesn't work in our daily choices. It doesn't work. It just, it's, as we stand against God, our life goes sideways. We follow Him, and our life is filled with joy and peace. Trouble? Persecution? Oh, sure, sure. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But I'd rather be persecuted and stand with Jesus than just be a millionaire and famous and the envy of everybody and stand against God. It's only for a season and then it always works out bad in the end. Fathers, word to our fathers, lead your family in these things. Job one as a dad, I don't say this to condemn because I know some of you guys, you uh, pray for your children and you live a godly life and they're not on board. Uh, some of you, your your children are very righteous. Some of you, your children, that you you've you've led well, but they've made their choices. Welcome to my life, by the way. I understand. I know what it's like. I'm not saying this to condemn. Job one, be a be a a godly man. Show children what a godly man looks like. Will they choose? Well, hopefully, hopefully in my life, hopefully in yours. But we. We live the life. We, we, we set the example. We, we, we follow after God with our whole, whole, whole heart. We follow the Lamb with us over He goeth. And then people will make their choices. And we pray for them to make the right choices. What else can we do? Let's stand, let's pray, and we'll go out of here singing. I, I know, I know, it's a very stark chapter. And it gets worse. <laughs> uh, blood, uh, 200 miles river of blood. Yeah, we'll, 
we'll pick up this very fun topic next week, okay? Now, it, I know it's not like, yay, we're going to go out of here dancing, but we're going to go out of here singing. Uh, it's, it's tough, but I want us to understand, don't stand against God. Why would you do that? Why would anyone do that? Uh, now's the time. His, his, his arms are wide open. He wants you to repent. He wants you to come to him. Why would you wait? Let's pray and let's... Uh, Father, we thank you for these words. They are stark. They're hard to read. They're hard to get our mind around. We'd rather think of 101 other things. Lord, this Father's Day, help us to be the men you've called us to be. Help us to set the example you want us to set. Help those who we have given birth to, that we have procreated. Help them to follow a godly example. We ask it in the in Jesus' name, amen.